There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. It's Tuesday, May 31st. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, presented by Steamfitters Local 602. Learn how Steamfitters can benefit your business at steamfitters-602.org. On the show today, a new law in Virginia requires schools tell law enforcement and parents if a student commits a felony or a misdemeanor. Before, only more serious crimes had to be reported. WTOP's Neil Augenstein tells us what led up to the new law. What the law attempts to do is make sure that parents are notified and in the loop. And an eaglet at the National Arboretum now has a name, Dakota. WTOP's Kate Ryan, a resident birder, tells us about the love affair between his parents, Mr. President and Lotus, and shares a few things we didn't know about eagles. They do a pipping sort of sound and they do a giggle. It's very serious, actually. When they <laughs> when they make that sound, they are very angry. Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty. And I'm Luke Garrett. Virginia is changing how it's responding to violence or threats at schools. Governor Glenn Youngkin just signed into law a bill to change the types of incidents that schools must let parents know about, from only having to report felonies to now acts that legally are considered misdemeanors. This change comes at a time when many parents in our region are a little on edge. In Alexandria specifically, the majority of students who attend Alexandria City High School are learning virtually after a fight involving dozens of teens resulted in a classmate's stabbing death. Joining us now to talk about the law, which some say could help prevent or reduce violence in and around schools, is WTOP's Neil Augenstein. Neil, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Um, So tell us about how this effort began and what the law now changes as far as what principals in Virginia can report. Until now, school principals were required to report to law enforcement certain acts, and those include assaults and threats and guns and drugs. That would be a felony if committed by an adult. Now, the law just signed by Governor Glenn Youngkin will require law enforcement to be notified, even if those acts would qualify as misdemeanors. In other words, it wasn't so serious. It may have just been a report of a some sort of a minor threat versus a serious threat. So now, if it were just going to be a misdemeanor, law enforcement would still have to be notified. The The reason why this is important is that there's been a lot of focus in the last few years on minimizing the instances when people have have to deal with law enforcement when they're in school. Mm-hmm. The theory being that school administrators would be able to handle it themselves. What this law says is that now even certain misdemeanors will be reported to law enforcement. So that is where the controversy is. Mm. So so obviously they're reporting to law enforcement, but does the bill say anything about parents needing to know or is that on a school by school basis? I'm just making sure I'm understanding the, the law correctly. Under the new law, the parents of a student who was targeted by this, for instance, oh. assault 
would be told that the incident has been reported to law enforcement uh, and the parents are also entitled to know some basics of any discipline that may have been been handed out. In the past, there have been restrictions on what parents can be told based on privacy of the offending student. And uh, so now what this law is codifying, that the victims of these certain crimes should be notified and should be told that law enforcement is looking into it. And Sunil, where did this bill that's now a law really come from? What sparked the idea to now change how schools report incidents? What the law attempts to do is make sure that parents are notified and in the loop. Of course, you, you'll remember that Governor, Governor-elect Glenn Youngkin ran on the premise that he would make sure that parents were in the loop mm-hmm. on on many things educational and uh, and so this would seem to deliver on that promise does it seem to you um from the response the law i guess the bill was getting ahead of becoming a law um that there was any sort of argument that this might help prevent violence or make the school community more aware maybe um before you get to a point where you have a felony that is the hope of it. The The hope is what this really is, is getting more people talking about the uh, the crime. This codifies that school, that the school administrators and the law enforcement and even the Commonwealth's attorney can be in the loop, even if it's just for a misdemeanor. And one thing that is important to to say is the law does not change anything as far as making public a juvenile's name. The the law does still specify that any privacy restrictions that were already in place uh, continue to to be in place. But that the more people that are talking about about somebody who is suspected of a crime, even a, a, a juvenile, there is more of a possibility that people outside of the need to know would eventually know and be talking about it. So that is where some of the, the, the pushback is. So this new law actually changes direction on what until now has been efforts to make sure that students, including black and brown students who traditionally and historically have been overrepresented in the contacts with police, the the thought is that this now will put some of those students more at risk Hmm. because, again, uh, law enforcement is being brought into the the picture where for the last few years, the thought has been that administrators would hand out uh, any punishment or restorative justice or different different ways to make sure that the school system continues in as uh, well-operated and safe and productive and positive an atmosphere as possible. And so at first glance, you know, this bill that's now become a law looks quite timely. You know, in the past few weeks, we've seen a lot of violence at schools. But does it actually relate to, you know, why this bill came to be? Is there any relation between the two? This is is really a bill that is more about the reporting 
rather than the incidents that are being reported. You mentioned the, the, the recent threats and, and the acts of mass violence in school. This new bill does mention threats, and threats are one of the crimes that is reported, even if it turns out being a misdemeanor. So that would be assault and threats and guns and drugs those are all the the incidents and only specific these specific incidents have to be reported to to police it's not pickpocketing or or jaywalking or something like that it's these specified acts that must be reported to police now uh whether it's felony or uh, ultimately would would be prosecuted in the juvenile system as a misdemeanor And this law, Neil reports, goes into effect on July 1st. There's much more detail on WTOP.com. Neil, thanks for joining us and breaking this down for us today. Always a pleasure. And after the break, a local bald eagle gets its name just weeks before it's likely to spread its wings and take flight. If you want to save money and grow profits on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project, go with the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. You can trust the experience of its workforce, members who have expertise in heating, air conditioning, refrigeration, and process piping to deliver work that's on time and on budget. For a partner you can trust who's mutually focused on your bottom line and to schedule, contact Steamfitters Local 602 at steamfitters-602.org. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602, changing lives. Thanks for listening to the DMV Download. If you like the podcast, head to our show page, give us a rating, and leave a review. We read all of them and use the suggestions to improve this show that we're so proud of. It also helps other listeners find this, our region's only local daily news podcast. Thanks for making us a part of your day. Meet Dakota, the young bald eagle formerly known as DC-9, hatched back in March at the National Arboretum, but Dakota just got his name yesterday on Memorial Day. But first, some background here on this new eagle. And for that, we turn to WTOP reporter and birder, Kate Ryan. Kate, thank you for joining us on this. Thank you. Um, Dakota is nine weeks old now. How is this little eagle doing? And why was it first named DC-9? I don't get that. I know, DC-9, I always thought, well, like, are they naming them after aircraft? What is this? <laughs> right. But it's actually, he, that is the ninth egg to be laid in that nest. The sibling, that there were two eggs initially laid by Lotus, DC-8 was the one that hatched. We were all excited, and Mm. it didn't survive the first 24 hours. Again, a not uncommon thing. These things happen. DC-9 came along and has been thriving. If you look at the cam now, you'll see he just looks like an eagle that doesn't have the white head yet, the bald head. Mm. But he's very active. He is feeding really well. Um, he he has a varied diet, and uh, it's really interesting too. He's a little grabby. Um, every once in a while, he'll do something called mantling, which is where they dad brings in the food, drops it in the nest, and um, DC nine or now Dakota goes in for it and puts his wings up, forming like a little umbrella over it, and stepping so he blocks dad from getting any snacks. He's like, Ooh. "This is mine." I'm doing it. Oh, wow. And that is, that's actually a good sign. It's like, okay, this is a good eagle behavior. He's growing, learning, figuring things out. I did that when I had siblings, but he does not. <laughs> He's kind of boxed out around your snacks and hope nobody reaches in. Right. Exactly. And so the American Eagle Foundation is in charge of this naming. How'd they go about doing that? 
Well, they held a contest and it was a fundraiser. So it, it's a dual purpose thing. It, it helps uh, spur more interest like, hey, DC9, remember him. Um, it's time to give him a proper name now. And I think it was $5 a vote, and you could vote. Mm. Uh, and there were a number of names that were in the running. You could have been named Arbor for Arboretum. There was Poplar for the type of tree he's in. I think it's a tulip poplar. Um, a couple of other names. And then Takoda, which according to the foundation means friend to all. Mm. So that's the one that won out. He's now Takoda. Takoda. And just so we all know this, as it is our national bird, bald eagles were removed from the endangered species list in August 2007, and their populations have recovered sufficiently, but they're still protected under the Migratory Bird Treaty Act and the Bald and Golden Eagle Protection Act. So from a conservation perspective, even though they're not endangered species anymore, this is still kind of a big deal, right, that there's a little eaglet? A very big deal. Anytime you see... On an apex predator like this one, that means the food chain down the line is in pretty good health. Um, So whenever you see a wild animal and they seem to be healthy and thriving, it should cue to you, even if you don't care about animals, that the environment in which I live is in good shape. That's That's a reassuring sign. Of course, there's always more work to be done, but it's exciting to think that we live in an environment where these guys can thrive. And for those who want to see, you know, these eagles fly, how do they... What do they sound like? How can we tell, you know, if an eagle is flying around? Oh, you hear, and this is the one, they do a a pipping sort of sound and they do a giggle um, that it's very serious, actually. When (laughs) When they make that sound, they are very angry, but it doesn't sound like the majestic heroic that you think. It sounds like a little baby. There's almost. no like they get like screech as like that they screech caw-caw. in. Well, it, no, there's not, and it is not a cacaw. Uh, it is really. Um, I can't do an imitation. You're trying to get me to imitate it. Uh, <laughs> no. But they they have a funny peeping, and you can on the cam. I was really encouraged this year because I remember talking to Dan Rouch at the DC Department of the Environment, mm-hmm. and he talked about oh you can hear them on the cam. And turn it up as you listen. It's worth hearing, but it's not the sound you, you might think. It, it We have some of that audio, and it's, it's a kick to hear it. Now to my favorite part of the story, which is the love story between Dakota's mom and dad, uh, Mr. President and Lotus. And I just, can you please tell the story, Kate, because it's so good. Long story short, Mr. President had a, partner and she was was she the first lady i can't remember what that first name lady was. i think so for many years lady. by the way and this is typical they they mate they keep they tend to keep that mate but lotus kind of was circling around and spotted this happy couple and decided you know what i like that nest apparently now we're anthropomorphizing and i'll get in big trouble <laughs> with bird and raptor experts but lotus kind of pressed in on that territory and for whatever reason uh, the first lady checked out. And when did she check out, Kate? I don't know. It was Valentine's Day. Oh, that's right. She <laughs> left on Valentine's Day, which I was wow. like, this is so odd. And then Lotus moved in, and they were very um, lovey-dovey. They are a great pair. They're a great team. They are very affectionate with each other. And I know people say they're raptors. How can you tell? But they really are. Um, and it's interesting to watch uh, Mr. P feed the baby. Watch them when they enter the nest when the babies are very young. They watch their feet very carefully. They understand that they can step on a baby. They don't want to step on the baby. They're very very careful. I mean, here they are 
shredding these poor animals, but they're very careful in placing just a little bit of food huh. and making sure the babies get it. So mm. it is, it's very heartwarming. Mm. So Dakota is now nine weeks old. When will you know Dakota take flight? Typically about 12 to 13 weeks. So he's right on the cusp. And it's really interesting to watch people who are watching the cam, the chatter on the side, because people are like I am. I, I confess to this nervous about, well, he's close to the edge. Oh, no, he's going <laughs> to. And they do this thing called branching where they start walking on the branches nearby. And it's kind of like a toddler taking their first steps and their balance is wonky. Um, and then when they fledge, when they actually test those wings, again, 12, 13 weeks, sometimes there are issues. They bump around a little bit. They may end up with a rough landing on the ground. So that can happen, but often they'll surprise you and boom, suddenly they're gliding and off they go. It's amazing. Mm. Can't wait for that day. WTOP's Kate Ryan, thank you for telling us and updating us on Dakota. You got it. Okay, so before we go, I wanted to tell Luke about this very cool thing I saw, which is, you know, more ideas for your summer. Oh, I love it. I need ideas for the summer. More things to do. We all love going to see movies outside. I feel like I never make them, but I always want to go to them. <laughs> it's always a dream. Yeah. Um, there's this new thing called Movies on the Pitch, and it's at Audi Field. Ooh. And it's funny because they're not doing it on a weekly basis. There's only four movies throughout the summer. But I think they're pretty good movies. And the the cool part is you get to go to Audi Field and either sit in the stands or sit on the field. Whoa. And then watch the movie on this scoreboard, which is so cool. That's that's awesome. Yeah. And so I guess there's a couple little, you know, it's cool, but <laughs> it's cool, but you can't have chairs on the field. So that's what, hence the. Oh, yeah. Very protective the, of the pitch. Exactly. Um, they'll have concessions, of course, for you to buy, but you can't bring anything in, including alcohol or any snacks. Um, gates open at 530, movies at 7, and you have to register for tickets. I think in D.C. a lot of people are used to just showing up to something because right, it's free. Right, right. on Waterfront or, yeah, something Jazz like in the that. Garden or yeah. whatever. But, yeah, you have to have a ticket for this. But it starts this weekend. They're doing Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, and oh. then Sing 2 is later in June. <laughs> Family fun. Yeah, but then A Quiet Place 2, which that's kind of, I don't know if you call it a horror movie. That's a thriller for it's sure. Suspenseful. Yeah, yeah. In the dark Outside. Outside. I don't know. It's, and I don't I, know if I go to that one. It'd make me nervous. <laughs> I'm a scaredy cat. Um, and then In the Heights. So there's two this month, uh, one in July, one in August. So it's, it'll, you know, have people coming into town or you something, something to do with your kids. It's yeah, and they're thing. really spanning the the thematic range here. <laughs> you know, they're really going from like kids movie to a thriller. So yeah. it's a good and it's an awesome venue. I mean, Audi Field is so beautiful. It's just a great place. I'm, again, I'm so surprised they're actually letting people on the field because they're so protective of that. So that's that's some nice space right there. Yeah, it's a cool way to use the, the stadium. So anyway, hopefully you'll get out there. And that's all we have for you today. Thanks for joining us for the DMV Download, sponsored by Steamfitters Local 602. Our managing editor is Craig Schwab, and our music is by Real World. Give us a review and rate our show if you get the chance. And follow us on social media, where we post content every day from behind the scenes. You can find out more about this podcast and become one of our VIP listeners at dmvdownload.com. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in D.C., 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at wtop.com and on the WTOP News app. Have a great night, guys. 